Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back. Carrie and I are so glad to see you, hear you, have you hear us. And so today we are going to continue to do some more talking, rambling, having a conversation about hiring and firing. But specifically, we are going to talk about quiet quitting and quiet firing. They've now added quiet firing to the list. Oh, lovely. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with, um, we're going to go backwards here because I have no idea what that means. So why don't you just give us a, a kickoff, Carrie, real quick and, and introduce me to the concept of quiet firing because that one I haven't heard of before. Um, my understanding is that quiet firing is basically what I would do to people when I wanted them to quit. <laughs> Um, so cutting their hours back and stuff like that so that the person decides to quit and it doesn't affect your unemployment. Okay. So as now that we've got the definition, (laughs) creating a work environment where somebody wants to quit instead of actually firing them. So as a director, you you got to define quiet quitting. If I had to define quiet quiet quitting, you to define quiet quitting. (laughs) So quiet quitting is less about people actually quitting their job. It's more about um, everybody kind of going, you you hired me for 40 hours, or these are the hours that you hired me for, and only working those hours. So not answering emails, text messages on the weekends and the evenings, um, not doing something that's above and beyond their job description. So, um, which are things that as directors, we know we find ourselves often in the other duties as assigned category. Well, we are, uh, we have a COVID created a whole generation of, uh, and, and this is less about, I think an, an age generation, but more of people who worked during the last couple of years in remote settings and non-traditional work formats, flexibility are finding that that's important to them. And sometimes it's more important than the money. Sometimes it's more important than a lot of other things we used to use as incentives when we were hiring. And I think it's also about setting boundaries um, because there were some bosses who had the idea of, well, if you have your work computer at home, I can communicate with you about work at any time. Um, So I think that was part of it too. But the whole remote work thing doesn't really apply a huge amount to childcare. But I did have um, in one of my, my groups, someone, basically a director who was responding to what was to me pretty obviously a quiet quitting statement, um, which was, They had a new hire, somebody who'd been with them for less than a quarter, who sent them a text message saying, "Um, I expect to be paid as the lead teacher for these four hours that I was in the room without the lead teacher (laughs) um, because I was hired on as an assistant, not as a lead teacher. And everybody in in the chat was just, you know, blowing it up and going, you know, you just need to tell her bye-bye, Sally. And my response was, this is a quiet quitting situation. She felt like she was being asked to do more than her responsibilities. And that is a failure of your orientation. 
And because the class was half the size it normally was. She had a lesson plan that was prepared by the lead teacher. The lead teacher, this was a scheduled vacation day. Um, So she wasn't doing any of the lead teacher job except being the only adult in the room. (laughs) So I think, I think that's where it would come up for childcare. Well, I think the flexibility, I think um, the other component that would fall into the quiet quitting would be um, even though you've hired them for a specific shift um, or a specific time slot, which hopefully was very clear in your job description and your hiring process is them coming back and well, now they want these days off. And now they want to be able to come in at this time. And so it's maybe not necessarily quite quitting, but it is that flexibility that we were able to give to people during COVID. Um, Because again, rooms were different sizes. Um, And oh, you're right. I mean, a lot of people in our industry didn't necessarily go remote, but a lot of administrative staff did go remote. Uh, people who were um, trainers or staff trainers or people, those who even did orientation for organizations, all of the curriculum development folks pretty much went virtual. So the virtual piece is still there, but I think it's more that definitely that flexibility. They're looking for, um, for you to be flexible. And if, because a lot of us haven't necessarily been able to give raises. Um, So if you have somebody who's been with you for a long time and you haven't been able to give them a raise, so they're trying to basically say, well, since I haven't gotten a raise, I want flexibility in my schedule. Yeah. I think think we can do some of that. Um, And I think we also need to be very clear with this whole quiet quitting thing, being in the zeitgeist of talking to staff about what is the role of a lead teacher, of a mentor teacher, of an assistant uh, in the classroom so that people don't have this conflict like the person in my group who was like, I was functioning as the lead teacher. Mm, No, you were functioning as a caregiver of six children. That's not necessarily a lead teacher. So you've got to be much more clear about the job titles and what additional responsibilities come with them. Um, The other thing I get really mad about is I get really mad about people, bosses expecting their employees to work nights and weekends without compensation. It makes me super, super mad (laughs) because I, as a boss, was like, If we're going to have a staff meeting, I try, and it was going to be more than an hour, I tried to schedule it on a week that we had one day off. So I would schedule it Memorial Day week, Labor Day week, Martin Luther King Day, that week. So if we were going to spend an extra four hours on Saturday, you would have had Monday off. So you still got a two-day weekend. You just didn't get necessarily a three-day weekend. Maybe you got a two and a half. (laughs) Um, but I never expected my staff to work nights and weekends, um, without compensation. And you pointed out that a lot of school district employees are expected to work outside of their work hours. And I think there is some of that. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be how you structure your class can be, okay, we're going to, you know, I had a lot of teachers when I was in high school that were like, okay, um, you're great, you know, grade two or period two is grading period one's homework, you know, assignments. 
Yeah, but see, I mean, that doesn't necessarily work now, um, nowadays, and it definitely wouldn't work in um, a preschool classroom. Yeah, it doesn't work in a preschool classroom, but... But, but, And the reason I bring that up is because we do have a fair amount of folks that listen to us who um, work in a Head Start or some sort of even ISD-based, and they're paid hourly, right? Or they're paid for X number of hours. And yes, this is, we, we generally get this a lot when we are working with folks who are privately run programs. And so those privately run programs probably have people checking in and checking out and they may not be, I'm not going to say school districts necessarily put people on salary because that's not really what, but they kind of put them on a flat rate. And if you think about somebody who came to your program, perhaps from a uh, traditional school background, so maybe they were a kindergarten teacher or even a first grade teacher, they may assume that they're now the lead teacher of the pre-K. So they're expected to do their lesson plans in the evening at home because there's not necessarily a planning period. Because we know that school districts right now, those planning periods are now expected to be when they um, do everything else. (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's definitely a problem in the school districts with um, because of so many teachers quitting people going, okay, this is your planning period. So you're going to cover Miss Miss Jones's class. And you're like, excuse me, when am I supposed to do my lesson planning? When am I supposed to grade my papers? Um, I think that is a huge problem for school districts. Um, And they're going to lose more teachers because they're not letting their teachers work to what's it called work to work to rule. Um, So they're, they're basically forcing people to work more hours than they're contracted for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge problem. And in childcare, we need to help our staff set boundaries and not give their phone number out to parents so that parents aren't calling and texting them outside of work hours. Um, and, and that means know, that for directors, we have to do the same thing because we yes, have directors absolutely. who are, especially if you have an assistant director who may also be a classroom teacher or a curriculum, you know, if you have somebody who manages other pieces, you as a director need to set your own boundary. You know, when do you turn off your phone? When do you turn off your work time? Um, we all know those directors who don't. And especially if you're a director, who's also an owner. So I am going to call out some of those director owner folks real quick. Um, If you are a director and an owner, um, give yourself an opportunity to, to turn off one hat before you put the other hat on. Um, And know that there are sometimes during the week, you may work a traditional eight hour day in one of those roles. Um, but let your family know that you're there if you have a family at home. Um, so then make sure that you're putting those boundaries and you're putting that, I am clearly here for family time. You know, the bookkeeping, if you didn't get a chance to do it, you know, while you are at work, don't bring it home. Or if you do bring it home, make sure it's very clear with your, your family. When is that additional owner time? So is that, okay. After bedtime? After bedtime, but you know, what does that do if you have a spouse at home? Um, or is it, it while kids are doing homework? Yeah. Or is it, you know, maybe your spouse cooks dinner those nights. Is it okay? We're having a pizza night. So everybody's got an hour and a half to go do whatever they need to get done. And you get to go do payroll. <laughs> your spouse can do whatever they, you know, whatever they need to do. And the kids do some homework. So yeah. So just um, learning to communicate those things. Um, to everybody involved is really, really important. Oh. Um, and 
quiet firing. I don't, I, I, I don't think this is a new phenomenon. Um, cause you've been doing it for decades. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it since I was in my twenties. Um, there, there are employees who are no longer a good fit for your program, but they haven't necessarily done something that you want to rock the boat of, um, all of the rest of your staff by firing them. They haven't gotten to the point where it's making other people uncomfortable, but it has gotten to the point where you have realized this person is no longer a good fit for your program. So if they're not a good fit for your program anymore, but they're not, you know, inconveniencing the rest of their, your staff or gossiping a whole bunch or something like that, just don't give them as many hours because they're not a good fit. And so you don't want them in your program for 40 hours a week if they're not a good fit in your program for 40 hours a week. Um, and um, I think that is, I think they just came up with a name for it. <laughs> um, I think it's been happening for a while. Can I touch on that real quick? Cause I think what's, uh, this comes back to that communication piece and um you know, I currently have four young adults who are all in the workplace and they've all got their own boss horror stories and experiences with a lot of what we're talking about. And I think it's really, really important, though, that as a director to remain to, to keep your own integrity, if you're going to start decreasing people's hours, I think it's really important to make sure that they know this ahead of time. Yeah. I know to you, Carrie, that probably seems like, well, yeah. <laughs> But um, I think we have a lot of directors who, who don't necessarily like conflict, who don't necessarily want to be put on the spot. So, you know, at least now we do have, you know, I mean, that is the advantage of text, email, you know, et cetera, is just, yeah. well, not that you want it, but you could always tell them you need an appointment with them. Yeah. But at least notify them some way. If you've had to make a change to the schedule, regardless of what the reason is. Send a message out to everybody and say, hey, double check your schedules this week. We've had to make some changes. We've got people on vacations or whatever, um, because just because you ask somebody one time and I'm going to use, you know, a, let's say you have an employee who has asked to only work 30 hours a week, but you've got somebody who went on vacation and you needed somebody to cover and you asked them and they said yes. That doesn't automatically mean that they're available all the time to cover and that their shifts now go from 20 to 30. Um, yeah, especially if you and, don't. Talk, so. And the same is true on the other side. Just yeah. because they asked to have fewer hours this week doesn't mean they want fewer hours for the rest of their life. It could be. Yeah, I'm thinking of a specific employee who would do this occasionally, and it was usually because she had her one of her teenagers was acting like a fool, um, <laughs> and they needed more time to help their teenagers understand the proper, you know, respect for schoolwork or, you know, whatever the thing was at that time. Um, so quiet quitting should be a conversation. Quiet firing should be a conversation. I don't want it to be super quiet because if I'm firing that person, if I'm quiet firing them with quotes. Um, <laughs> I probably had a conversation with them in which I said, you don't seem to be happy here. And if they denied it, but their behavior did not <laughs> go along with that denial and they kept coming in late to work, sitting on their rear end the entire time they're on shift, um, asking if they can take a nap in the break room, <laughs> those kinds of things. I am going to go ahead and, and reduce their hours and, and, 
I may not say I'm reducing your hours because you're not fitting in, but I have had the conversation where I said, you don't seem to be happy here and it's affecting your work. So I, I, there is going to be a, there should be a conversation, but it doesn't have to be direct for those who are like me and somewhat conflict avoidant, but you've (laughs) given them a heads up that you think that there's a problem. Um, And again, if you've got employees who are saying things like, well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go from my 20 hours a week up to 30 hours a week because I was contracted as a part-time employee. They're setting a boundary that doesn't mean that they're a lousy employee. And that they don't like their job. Right. It's, that this is what they contracted for. And it may be that they didn't tell you that they're also taking care of their parent who's going through chemotherapy, or they didn't tell you that they're also going to beauty school or whatever. So they may have other commitments outside of the 20 hours they committed to work that they don't want to talk to you about because they're private, like Kate's mom, who doesn't even tell her, you know, sisters when she has major surgery. Um, so I think the assumption that if somebody's not willing to pick up extra shifts as a part-timer, that they're a bad employee and you need to fire them is a problem. They're not necessarily quiet quitting, they are establishing their boundaries. And if you need to push up against those boundaries because there is rotavirus going through your center and it's knocked out three staff members, then go back to that person and say, I know that you only want to work 20 hours a week. This week is really rough because as you know, three people are out with the stomach virus. Is there any way this week you'd be willing to take on an extra seven hours? We're going to re we're going to rearrange the kids so it doesn't have to be more than a few extra hours and you're more likely to get a positive response if you have that honest conversation versus just blowing them off and going they're just doing that quiet quitting stuff I heard about on the news yeah especially if you yeah (laughs) I have to be careful because otherwise I want to get on a soapbox um um and my kids will be listening to this going really you had to call out my boss so, um, yeah, it's really, really important, um, especially if you've got, um, and in childcare, we often have people who, who work multiple positions. And so we've talked a little bit about making sure that people are really clear what a lead teacher's role is, what a teacher's role is. But, you know, there have been times, Carrie, where we've had people substitute as um, a teacher, but maybe they were somebody who we originally hired as a bus driver or as a cook or some other role. And so we have to make sure that we are being respectful there too, because again, if we hire them at one pay rate um, and all of a sudden they're working a whole lot of hours in these, you know, other part-time things we trained them to do, but not really hired them for. um, Again, that's another one of those respect things. I think it's just as important. Uh, You're definitely going to have employees who love that diversity in their job that love that flexibility in their job. Really. It's all about communication. Yeah. And they're, you know, if you have QuickBooks for your payroll or you're using ADP or something like that, you can literally put in five different pay rates for that person who is your jack of all trades. And when they're a substitute in a classroom, they get paid as a substitute. And when they are driving a bus, they get paid as the bus driver. And when they are mopping your floors, they get paid the mopping the floors rate. You can have multiple different pay rates for an individual person in most software and most payroll services. 
But and, make sure, again, make sure you tell people. I was going to say, so if somebody comes in and they get paid, and I'm going to say they get paid more as a substitute than maybe they do as mopping the floor, make sure they're clear that mopping the floor is this rate and this is this rate. Um, regardless of how you do your payroll, please, please, please make sure that all your staff know how to go look at a paycheck stub, um, that your paycheck stubs are detailed and we'll actually tell them, oh, four hours, you know, mopping floors, six hours, bus driving. 12 hours substitute. They should be able to see very clearly what they were paid for how many hours for the work that they did. And they need to be paid for all the time they worked. If you don't, you are stealing from them. And that is a federal crime. It's called (laughs) wage theft. And that's, again, what a lot like what the school districts are doing with those teachers. Um, they should be paying those teachers overtime. Um, (laughs) I know that they're salaried, but they still are working more than 40 hours every week. And they, according to the current federal overtime guidelines, they should be being paid overtime. So we don't want to be doing the bad things that the school districts are currently doing. (laughs) Please pay your staff for all the time that they're working be very clear when you're asking them to do something outside of their general parameters. If this is a, we're trying you out for a promotion, or if this is you're covering somebody's rear end because we've got an illness going through or whatever, be clear and don't just write somebody off because they say something that you interpret as quiet quitting. All right. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time with uh, with us today and and um, kind of having this discussion because I think that we both have seen a lot of our directors in the last maybe even just month that are um, back to you know I don't want to say back to school but they're back to school they're back to hiring um, and they're back to training and sometimes we just do things really really fast and so hopefully y'all got something out of today's conversation and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.